in today's show. We're looking at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm here, ready to go, talk waiver wire. Unbelievably tired after getting home very late last night after watching Spider-Man No Way Home. Of course, no spoilers. It was great, but I'm not going to... Well, that's, is that a spoiler? I don't think it is. Uh, it was great. We're not going to get into the uh, ins and outs of it. Maybe we'll give that a couple more weeks before we discuss the movie on this show. But we're here to talk waiver wide because fantasy basketball, of course, is... Con- no, it's not that. It's consistently... Um, being tipped on its head by guys being in and out and injuries and COVID protocols and all sorts of stuff. So we're going to be nimble. We're going to know how to use our waiver ads. We've got to understand that if things are looking bleak for a week, we've got seven or eight blokes out, then maybe look at stashing guys for the week after. Say, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to win this week, but let's use this as a week to get extra waiver ads in. My five ads this week, and then I can really build up a stronger team for next week and then use next week for streaming with my other ads. It's a whole way about it. Now, that is going to be dependent on how you're team looks but it you don't have to necessarily you, you can like don't, don't be afraid to try and grab wins by streaming in if you're in a, a dire situation but if you're in a spot where your opponent's got no one out and you're three days in and you've got seven guys out and you just got no chance of winning then you start to use your ads for other purposes longer term stashes injury guys who might come back next week and there's one of those ones we're going to hit on in this show now but enough of me talking about that sort of um, strategy let's look at the most added players in fantasy basketball over the last 24 hours or so. And it starts with a couple of players in LA because, of course, the news that we headline is is Paul George is out at least three to four weeks. He'll be reevaluated in three to four weeks with a torn UCL. We don't know the severity of that tear, of those ligaments in his elbow. Um, it looks like they're going to just attempt to let rest heal it, and then it'll be reevaluated. Words did not sound particularly positive when they was like, okay, three to four weeks, that's cool. And he's like, and then they'll reassess, but they don't know how long it'll be. And they don't know if he will play again this season. That is horrifying news if you have Paul George or if you're the Clippers. Now, there are two, as with nearly everything, there are always multiple you know, ideas or schools of thought. That's the phrase I'm looking for. So as soon as this happens and as soon as this news comes out, it's like, well, Kawhi's definitely not coming back. The Clippers are going to pack it in. They're going to tank. Um, and they're not going to push Kawhi. And then you have the other side of things. Go well. The Clippers want to stay competitive, therefore Kawhi will come back earlier. I honestly don't think there is going to be any change in Kawhi coming back earlier. They're not going to say, "Well, Kawhi, I know you're our best player, one of the best players in the NBA, and you've torn your ACL, but please come back earlier so we can scrounge our way to 37 wins." I just don't think that's going to be the case. The George out for the season thing, I've got no idea. I would say again, a reevaluation. Whenever it's a reevaluation you're always tacking at least a week or two onto that because it's not like, I, very rarely will it be, you're reevaluated in four weeks, you come in and you say to the doctor, hey doc, check it out. And he goes, oh my God, you're ready to go. Lace them up, you're playing tonight. That just doesn't happen. 
right? I just, I don't see how that's going to happen. So it's got to be all right. Now you're back and you're doing uh, on-court work, whether it's you know, contact work or one-on-ones or five-on-fives or whatever it is and get your conditioning back up. Um, and then we'll see you on the court in a week to two weeks. So three to four weeks of evaluation, re-evaluation probably means five, six minimum. Then we push that further if, if it doesn't heal. And if, and if it doesn't work at four weeks, then... I reckon the season's over because he will need surgery, but we don't know any of that at this point. But what that leads me to say is that there's a bunch of Clippers players who are going to get a boost. And in terms of who gets the most value, it's a real coin toss. Now, people, the vast majority of people, are thinking it's Terrence Mann. He's the most added player. You combine that with Reggie Jackson being in COVID protocols and Eric Bledsoe has been added in a lot of spots. And I agree that both of these guys should be added. Nick Batum should also be added as should Luke Kennard. And again, I think it is just an absolute coin toss as to which one of these guys is going to be best. Marcus Morris is in COVID protocols. Add him, because he'll have increased value. Isaiah Hartenstein's out with an ankle injury. Add him. I think we're going to go to a situation where we're going to have Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Nick Batum, Marcus Morris, Ivica Zubats, Isaiah Hartenstein, Eric Bledsoe, perhaps all valuable in 12-team leagues. None of them topping through the top 90, but all of them being in the top 130. I think that's probably what's going to happen. So in terms of who's the best ad, I honestly don't know. I don't have enough distinction between those players, Mans, Bledsoe's, Batum's, Canards, to, to say, or Morris, to say, this is the guy you must add in all circumstances. Some nights it'll be Canard, some it'll be Man, some it'll be Morris. And I'm talking about this one a lot, but it is a big story at the moment in the NBA. So I think all those guys are an option. Deeper leagues, I don't think BJ Boston's going to be a 12-team or 14-team league guy, but deeper leagues, BJ gets uh, an increase in his value for sure. It definitely uh, definitely gets uh, larger for him, um, but it's not enough. With all those blokes ahead of him in a 12-team, I wouldn't have thought. Let's go to Miami because Bam Adebayo's out, The Undertaker Dwayne Dedman's out. So it's Omer yet seven time. Add him. Yep, he's going to have value for at least two weeks here while Deadman's out. Again, the two-week injury for Deadman sounds like bullshit. I would say that's three to four, which is about the time that Bam uh, appears. So we'll, we'll talk about Deadman. Actually, let's talk about it now. Jack Armstrong, what do we do with Dwayne Deadman? Jack, excuse me. Get that garbage out of here! Thanks, Jackie. Um, and now Gabe Vincent is being added a lot because Jimmy Butler's probably returning, but Kyle Lowry's out. Confounding factor there, I guess, in Miami is that Caleb Martin is also returning. So he he is going to get into that mix, but Vincent can be a straight swap for Lowry as the point guard. They don't want the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, or Caleb Martin playing point guard most likely. So Vincent is a really strong ad. Frank Jackson's been added a lot because Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham, Saban Lee, and now Corey Joseph are all in COVID protocols. And I believe Josh Jackson has jumped into uh, COVID protocols as well. So the Pistons are getting smashed at the moment. They are without Cunningham, Stewart, Hayes, Linick, Grant, Lee, Joseph, Lyles, Jackson, Magruder. They're all out in um, COVID protocol. So yeah, Frank Jackson, he doesn't do much, but he scores. Matisse Leibel's been out a lot. Not really sure about why you'd be looking to just scoop him in every situation. I guess it's to stream in steals for today. And Danny Green's out, but I wouldn't say he's an unbelievable must-roster player. Um... Caleb Martin, again, I wouldn't be absolutely tripping all over myself to add him. 
Corey Joseph, well, that one was obviously before the news of him entering COVID protocol. Serge Ibaka, yeah, maybe 14-teamers with Hartenstein out. Not interested there. While Corey Kispert, on the back of his big performance last game without Brad Beal, I don't think that's replicable. He shot 86% in that game. So I wouldn't be looking at him as a 12-team league guy. But yeah, Joseph, Ibaka, Martin, and Kispert were two, four of the highest added players on Yahoo. And I just don't get all of them. I don't think any of them. Joseph, yes. Right, if he had have played, yes, a 12-team league guy. I don't think those other guys are, though. Interesting that they were added as much as they were. But if you want to do the opposite of add, like you don't want to be adding more subscriptions to your monthly bill. You, you just don't want it. Like there's too many to keep track of now. You want to actually be dropping guys. You want to be Jack Armstronging those subscriptions. So when you get Truebill, Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, or the ones that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year using Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today at truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Go right now. That's truebill.com slash locked on MBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on MBA. Let's look at some droppable players. These are guys, again, with always with this, you don't have to drop them. But if you are looking to open up streaming slots or create space for trades or just get other guys in and try them out, I don't think you're going to regret dropping these guys necessarily. Some of them are pretty obvious. Blake Griffin, we saw in on the Christmas Day game, Blake Griffin played like 11 minutes. Nick Claxton's playing. Aldridge is going to be back probably next game. Griffin's done. Drop him. Corey Joseph, he was on the most added list. He's also on the most drop list, which makes sense. He was added in a ton of spots. And then, ah, uh, see you later. It's like the Abe Simpson walking into the strip club meme. He's, uh, he's in, he's out. Drop him. He's out for the next few days. And yeah, Hayes and Lee and Cunningham will all be back before he is. Isaiah Thomas, He's not even on a roster anymore. Well, I don't, actually, I don't know if the Lakers have officially waived him, but it's coming. He's he's not, as we've been saying for four or five years, it's sad. He's not good enough for the NBA level anymore, and we saw that pretty explicitly. And yet, Karakongwu, much like yeah, adding Corey Joseph was great. Man, Capella's out. Kongwu looks awesome. And then he succumbed to COVID protocols. And I don't see a Kongwu being able to carve out a large enough role with everyone healthy or when he's healthy. So he's a drop. Dwayne Dedman, easy drop. And then we get to uh, an interesting one, and that is Alec Burks. Alec Berg. Move to the bench so Kemba Walker could start. Tom Thibodeau can't figure out his lineup. Prior to the replacement of Kemba in the starting lineup, Burks was playing well in a reserve role. Derek Rose is out, so there is a solid reserve role there. But I wouldn't say that he's a must-hold player. If you want to give it a few games to see how it goes, I get it. Is he a fringe 12-team league player, especially with the injuries? Yeah. But he's not going to be a must-hold guy, especially how poorly he's shooting and the minutes dropping down. We had bloody Quinton Grimes play more minutes than Burks next last game. So I don't think that's going to be the case moving forward. But we're still going to get quickly back in. We're still going to get McBride back. Is Tibbs going to play Grimes and McBride and sacrifice Burks? I don't know. I'm not super keen on him. RJ Barrett. Back. Starting. Still bad at fantasy. Nothing changed since he was out with COVID. This is not to do with him getting benched or seeing a few minutes. He just is not a good category league fantasy player. In a points league, I would give him more leeway. I would hold. In a category league, don't worry about it. I, what's he going to do if he plays better? 
Not much. Steven Adams, not a must-hold player at all. Still rostered in a ton of leagues. While Grayson Allen, Dante DiVincenzo is back. The weirdness surrounding him coming off the bench, Grayson, is still up in the air. He had that weird stretch where he came off the bench. Jordan Wara played well, played big minutes. Grayson didn't play, then played 17 minutes. And then on Christmas, Allen was back starting. Wara didn't play at all, and DiVincenzo came off the bench. But Grayson Allen's at risk of losing that starting spot, but I don't even care if he's going to start or not because his minutes have been down anyway, and DiVincenzo's back. He's the clearest Jack Armstrong, I reckon, on this list outside of baby Blake Griffin. Get that garbage out of here! That's not true because Isaiah Thomas exists, but he's a clear drop. And then Shumra Kiki. We know that he was putting up okay numbers. He's in COVID protocols. And by the time he's back, Mo Bumble will be back. Jonathan Isaac, Isaac won't be back because we're targeting 2026 for him to return. But they'll have Bumba, they'll have Carter, they'll have Wagner. So Kiki goes and plays 20 minutes. Thanks for your service. I'll see you next time. Let's look at some must roster players. Again, these are guys who are floating around on waiver-wise who probably shouldn't be. And it depends on your league and where you're playing, whether they are available. But Kelly Olynyk is a really interesting one. Jeremy Grant's out. Isaiah Stewart's out. Isaiah Stewart's not good. Olynyk, we maybe think, comes back at the start of January. We haven't had an update for a while, but he could be coming back. It is going to be dependent on, hey, do I have an injured reserve slot available? Do I have bench stashability? Have I got six other blokes out and holding another injured guy not worth it? Have I got six blokes out and I've got no chance of winning this week, so adding another injured bloke to my bench doesn't actually matter? All those factors need to be taken into consideration. But Olynyk, by the time we hit January 10th, he might be playing 26 minutes a night and be a top 80 player. That is a distinct possibility with no Grant and with Stewart having his struggles. Or Olynyk might still be out until the 25th of January, and I just have no idea. But it is worth having a look at. Desi Bain and Dylan Brooks add them. I am not 100% convinced that they will remain must roster. We saw last game that Memphis played. There was some struggles trying to fit in with Melton playing well with Jar there. And this is the concern we have with someone like a Brooks or a Bain who don't contribute much more apart from scoring and it requires a lot of volume to get there. Their value might not be sustainable. But add him and let's see what happens. Um, Josh the Hitman Hart is still... I don't know what I was going to say. They're faggering. I was going to say kids cover years. Fucking staggering. But I didn't. It's staggering to me that he is available in as many leagues as he is. Zion's not coming back, mate. He's not coming back until at least All-Star. And even then, I don't know when he's coming back. Anyway, Jared Vanderbilt's out for COVID protocols. He might miss one or two games. He's been dropped, as has his teammate Patrick Beverly. I'd be adding them. These are top 100, top 90 sort of players. And when you've got to miss two games, yeah, you add them back. Dan Gafford, must roster. Monty Morris, yes, probably must roster. Franz Wagner, He's rostered in like 38% of ESPN leagues. And I know ESPN leagues, there's a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing. Not you who are watching this show. But Wagner needs to be rostered in every league. And the burner, Jalen Brunson as well. Not to do with Doncic being out. He's still going to be good when Doncic is back. I think we uh, I think we feel pretty good about that being the case. We also should feel pretty good about Bilt Bar. Did you get your Bilt Bars for Christmas? I bloody hope so. Because these are the best tasting protein bars ever. As long as you did what I suggested, and that is not bring up your favorite flavor at Christmas lunch. Did you have to punch your grandma because she said that mint brownie was better than coconut? Now, punching your grandma is not on, but over a Bilt Bar flavor, sometimes tensions get escalated. If you're looking for the delicious treat that's going to be good for you, 130 calories in most bars, low fat, low carbs, low sugar, but also high in protein and the deliciousness off the charts, that's great. You want to jack up on proteins? There you go. 
Well, right in your built bar. So go to built.com, use the code LOCKED15, get those built bars, send a box to Granny to apologize, send her a favorite flavor. She's a mint brownie girl, so send that over to her. She'll love it. Built bar, built different. Just like those ad reads are. All right, let's go to some upside grab players. Is this an upside grab player, Peyton Pritchard? He's playing really well. There's no Josh Richardson. Dennis Schroeder is in COVID protocols. By the way, droppable players, Dennis Schroeder, put him on the list. I know that people criticize me for my hatred of Dennis Schroeder. I just don't think he's a very good NBA player and that his role is going to get squeezed. And we have seen that already. And him getting squeezed means Peyton's coming up. Now, it is going to be hard with Smart, Brown, Tatum, Richardson, Schroeder for Pritchard to get enough minutes, but he's looking really good. So a trade could come. Marcus Smart's name's been bandied about. I don't think that happens. Dennis Schroeder, mate, they'd love to trade him and get something back, I reckon. And Pritchard could find 25 minutes a night. So that's why it's an upside grab. Marquis Chris. We already saw one 10-day hardship guy in Alfonso McKinney get signed rest of season today. The Bulls waived Alizé Johnson and signed McKinney. Chris is, an, is, is a chance for that. I thought he's played really well. He's better than Moses Brown. He's better than Willie Cauley-Stein. I don't think they'll waive Cauley-Stein because it'd be a pretty bad look when a bloke's been out for two months for personal reasons. Um, but Chris has looked good. He's just he's, Maybe he's more of a name to watch than to grab. John Kaminga. Hard to see him getting a 26-minute-a-night role rest of the season. Andre Iguodala's knee's been bothering him all year. Otto Porter is far from a bastion of health. Kaminga can easily overtake Juan Toscano-Anderson. There are He has impressed me more than I thought he would this season. I thought that he'd be just completely lost, and he's still going to have efficiency problems, but he's been excellent defensively. And if you can earn that trust of Kerr, and then a couple of injury things work his way, He's got some nice upside as a steal and a block per game, guys, some good scoring, and hopefully good efficiency playing in this offense. Juice McBride, I don't know where it's going in New York. Did they just move Burks out? Do they play McBride in Rose's spot? McBride's got a great fantasy game, assists and steals with threes. It's really good. And things could Kemba can always get hurt. There's a lot of things that can change in New York and a big opportunity without Rose. And then lastly, Davion Mitchell. This is just looking and going, well, maybe... Maybe there's a trade. Maybe Heald is gone. Maybe Fox is gone. Maybe both of those blokes are gone. So Mitchell could be just someone to stash in case a 30-minute roll opens up. We don't know whether it will, but it could. And then some other names that are worth mentioning. I talked already about the Duck Luke Kennard. I think he is a 12-team grab. Carl Anthony Towns is out in Minnesota. Naz Reed's the starting center. A clear must-grab if he hasn't been grabbed. Gary Harris. Oh, where's the Gary Harris button? There it is. No! He's playing really well. Terrence Ross is out. Cole Anthony's out again today with this ankle problem. Harris, at the moment, is a 12-team player. Malik Monk put up some big numbers for the Lakers on Christmas. Avery Bradley, Wayne Allington, Kendrick Nunn, Isaiah Thomas, Austin Reeves. None of these guys are good. Some are more more less good than others, but none of them are good. And Monk showed that if he can get some consistency... And if the coaching staff has any clue what they're doing, he can have a 30-minute role here. I don't know that I'm convinced that he will, but there is value in at least looking at it. DeLon Wright, an excellent ad in Atlanta with Trey Young out. Gorgie Jeng, an excellent ad in Atlanta with uh, a Kongwe out. Now, Capella is back, but John Collins is now in the health and safety protocols. Now, Jeng is not a four. I know that fantasy sites will list him as a power forward slash center. He hasn't played a single second of power forward in about five years, but they don't have any others. Collins is out. Gallinari is out. Jalen Johnson is out. 
DeAndre Hunter is out. Now, maybe Cam Reddish can push up to the four. He's more of a two. Maybe they play Lance Stevenson there, but they don't have options. Regardless, there's going to be 20 minutes or so a night of Jeng, I would guess, and there is some value in that. Reddish is a, is a must-add with Hunter uh, and Herder still out, a, a bunch of guys there. He's going to put up big shot numbers. And then in San Antonio, DeJounte Murray is out. Now, they could start Lonnie Walker. They could start Devin Vassell. I don't know which one, but both of them should get increased minutes as Derek White moves to point guard most likely. I would highly doubt they would just slide Trey, Trey Jones in as the starting point guard playing White. But this improves the value of Jones in deeper leagues. But Vassell and Walker become 12-team options. Vassell better than Walker, but let's get an idea of who starts there. And then in Minnesota, uh, Jaden McDaniels, must roster player, at least until Vanderbilt returns. He's got to be added. I don't think he's going to be able to maintain that number, but with everyone out, Jaden McDaniels has a lot of value in 12-team leagues. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. I'll be back today with a pregame show. There'll be a What to Watch For show, and then a full recap of all of Sunday's action. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.